0: Welcome back to the Growth Colony podcast. I'm Alex Hipwell with X Growth. Today on the show, we have Andrea Dixon, DocuSigns Marketing Director for APAC, Natalie Mendez, Head of Account Based Marketing from SAS, Shaheen Hoda, the Director of Growth from X Growth, and they're joining a panel moderated by Nina Christian, the Victorian State Chair of the Australian Marketing Institute. We've got a deep dive into account-based marketing for you on the show today. You might have heard people talking about account-based marketing by The Water Cooler. Maybe you read about it on a blog or even heard about it on a podcast. You might know account-based marketing is around, but has anyone been able to give you a succinct definition of what it actually is? Today, we're going to answer all of your account-based marketing questions. Let's dive right in. Okay, hey, so I think
1: I can uh, take it from here. Is that right? Yeah, awesome. So thank you so much. Um, and yeah, on behalf of the Australian Marketing Institute as well, I'd just like to say thank you uh, to Shahin and uh, the, the all the team at Growth Colony for having us. It's fabulous that we can do events like this tonight. Very very exciting. Yeah, we are just in for such a such a treat tonight. It's just going to go off, honestly. Like. Of the questions that I've got, the, the the chats that I've had with our speakers, knowing Shaheen, um, it's going to be fabulous. So I I'll, I'll do a very very quick like. 22nd, just on behalf of the Australian Marketing Institute to say that um, we run a whole bunch of events and things like that and, and services for members and emerging marketers programs. If you're a young marketer, now's a great time to get involved with the Australian Marketing Institute because we're just about to launch our 2020 mentorship program. And so, that's an opportunity for you to be taken under the wing of a very senior marketer who will help you in your career. So, and I very much uh, watch this space. I won't say anything too much more about that because there's lots of events this year that we can share more of ex- the exciting things that are happening. But for today, I would like to welcome up our wonderful panel. So first we have Andrea Dixon. Yes, who's head of APAC at DocuSign. We have Natalie Mendes. I feel like it's the new prices right here. Please give Natalie a hand. And the wonderful Shaheen, who you all know. Please, double round of applause, please. What I'm going to do tonight is go on a bit of an exploration mission. I'm going to really unpack what's going on inside these guys' brains, especially when it comes to account-based marketing. And I guarantee you, there are no better in the business to be sharing with you the principles tonight than Shaheen, Natalie and Andrea because I've been in this space for a long time. I engage with a lot of marketers at all levels and I can attest to you that these guys really know their stuff and they're not just going to talk to you about what it is, they're going to go deep and they're going to educate you, inform you and give you insights and probably the most interesting of all, give you foresight as well around what you need to do to really get an edge in this space. So I really, really encourage you to, you know, catch all that you can because it's a very unique opportunity that, you know, can help your business, your career, et cetera. So with all that said and done, I think we're ready to get into it. I'm nervous now. Really, yeah, I've talked you up. up. I've yeah. talked you up. So, do you want, let's let's start by introducing, let it letting our panel just introduce themselves. Just give you give that give you a high level overview of who they are and what they do, and their, just a, a brief overview of their journey and how they got into this space. Shaheen,
2: All right, yeah, All right, cool. Yeah. Um, so uh, my name is Shaheen. Uh, it's a tricky name, uh, Shah because Australia. Um, sure, but um, but I, I uh, we we run a uh, agency that focuses on account-based marketing, and we pretty much everything that we do is is in account-based marketing. We work mainly with um, with uh, IT companies and tech technology service providers. So um, anything from traditional IT to um, analytics, security, all, all those uh, all that vertical is, is what we work with, and uh, and so ABM is pretty close to heart, and uh, and super excited to. Uh, to be doing the stock.
1: Absolutely.
3: Natalie? Yeah, so Nat for short. um, I am originally a geek, so working for a software company. My background is a data scientist and um, I have probably grown into this space from being a pre-sales technical person selling to customers so originally I'm a salesperson which then it seems like the natural journey was to go into marketing um, being out on the customer side understanding customers and I found myself accidentally doing ABM and then my boss said you're doing ABM and you're going to implement it into the company. And so here I am, a four-year journey has become a global implementation at SAS for ABM. And I have to say, I was so excited to meet Shaheen because there's not many people in our space here in Australia that talk our language. So it's pretty cool. And also, Andrea tonight.
2: We geek out a little bit, huh? Yeah. Uh... <laughs>
4: yeah. Panel of geeks. <laughs> think, is it, um, so Andrea Dixon, Head of Marketing for APAC at DocuSign. Um, I've been there 12 months, I guess my career's been in software, in SaaS, um, so I guess my mantra has always been quality over quantity, so I've naturally uh, ended up doing a lot of account based marketing for the last 10 years or so, working with enterprise. Um, being at DocuSign, we um, try to make the world more agreeable, but it's it's a challenge as a marketer because our audience is every business that sends an agreement, so trying to have a focus is a challenge for us. So, um, yeah, that's where account-based marketing comes in and something I'm personally very passionate about.
1: Well, that's, that's a great place to start. So, I'm going to start with the, the really obvious question. You probably know what account-based marketing is, but you're going to hear it from these guys, um, because they're on the call face of it. They're, so this is not a, you know, Merriam-Webster de- definition. This is a definition from people who do this day in day out. Shaheen, what's account-based marketing?
2: I think the the one-liner that I give is is basically allowing to land larger deals faster, um, and close them faster. But I think there there are probably like five core elements to it. It's it's a it's Approaching marketing and, and business strategy uh, with personalization alignment of, of sales and marketing um, uh, what else do we have um, now I'm blanking um, that's that's not a good start um, alignment of sales and marketing and um, targeted accounts and you got to help me out with a couple more. Okay, over here. yeah, sure. Um, so
3: I always say what ABM is not.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. So maybe, I, maybe I, I'll just pass it on I, to you then um, and I, you can co- complete it. I that. just say it's
3: not about lead generation because um, we're always targeting revenue, relationship, and um, reputation. So we're identifying key people. We don't want to because salespeople are always like, oh, they're crap leads you're giving us. So it's all about the quality. Um, and also sales collaboration if you're not working with sales it's not abm and also if your customers getting the same message as everyone else and it's not personalized then it's not abm that's how i that's my <laughs> principles <laughs> i
2: love it and it's also i think that one of the main main component i think you covered the fourth one and the last one is, which for me is really important is that it's a it's a strategy not a marketing campaign right mm. it's it it really requires buy in from uh, the, the, the larger side of the organisation rather than this is a marketing department thing.
1: Yep, Yeah, and we're going to get into that as well, looking at or how an organisation can actually embrace and utilise and maximise ABM. So, um, Nat, what would you say, just to build on what Shahin said, um, I know we, you explained what it's not, but are there any other things that you'd talk about as the core principles uh, of what you would put under the umbrella of ABM?
3: Um, Yeah, definitely around making sure we are aligned with sales, so um, our metrics and measure are always around relationships, um, reputation and revenue, so all our metrics, when we go about setting up a program, that's what we set first, and we're always aligned with the sales KPIs as well.
1: Okay, so this was a question I was going to have later in there, but I'm going to bring it up to the top because it's on point. Sales and marketing alignment and ABM. So, when we're talking about that, how do you differentiate the role of sales and marketing and when we're working as account-based marketers, where does the marketing end and the sales begin or what is the journey that they take together and what are the differing roles within the ABM process that each play?
4: Yeah, big question. (laughs) Um, To me, I guess account-based marketing, it's, it's focus and having... A plan a joint plan so we have shared targets with our sales team and the marketing team and it's it's a it's a journey and it's educating the sales team and the rest of the business that it's it's a journey and it's an always on campaign and it's not just marketing's job to deliver the leads and hand it to sales he, you know here's your leads it's how what are the challenges in this account you know what are the where can we add value? What's, um, where are they at in the funnel? How can we educate those contacts to convert? Um, a term that we refer to a lot, I guess, with account-based marketing is human to human and thinking of it, putting yourself in the customer's shoes and trying to understand where are they at and what's the next best step or what do they need from us to, um, to convert or to progress in their, their journey to becoming a customer.
2: Yeah, I think what I, I'll definitely add over there as well is, you know, when, with traditional marketing, what you see is there are there are these stages, right? They would say you got a lead, um, then marketing's job is to do get them. Get them qualified, so you get MQLs, marketing qualified lead, and traditionally was all right, I'm gonna now hand this over to sales to for sales to say, you know, these are SALs, sales accepted leads, and then sales qualified leads, and then so on and so forth, um, where you have a very sharp cutoff period uh, or, 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 a, or a, sh- a cutoff at the MQL, right? Yeah. I've handed my MQLs in yeah. and I'm done, where with ABM, it's more of a spectrum. That the so if you if you look at it as a box, right, and um, and previously it was like I come to MQL and this is a hard stop, and then sales. This hard stop becomes a bit more um, tilted, meaning that at the beginning marketing's work is 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 probably a little bit more, and as the as the um, whatever you want to call it, account uh, or prospect, goes through that process, the the job as marketing reduces and the w- role of sales increases but marketing is still present.
1: Absolutely. And that's ever prevalent with the changing role of marketing, not just expanding and, 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 and touching on sales alignment, but across all facets of the business now from you know, from customer service, service delivery, every aspect of the business is now touched by marketing. And so obviously that has to factor into any ABM strategy. It's just the role of marketing is going to be different. Mm.
4: Andrea? Yeah, absolutely. Something I say to our entire organisation Every All Hands is, Everyone works in marketing, whether you know it or not. Everyone touches and interacts with that customer, whether it's a social media post, whether it's a phone call, um, you know, an, an actually campaign that we send out or an, an event, everyone is influencing that journey. So it's important that everyone understands, firstly, who are your accounts that you're targeting? Um, because if you look at the size of your business and the network of, that everybody in that business has, you know, there's bound to be someone that knows someone within those accounts, so, um, so socialising that across the business is really important.
1: Yeah. So, just, just to give the panel here a little bit of context for who we have in the room, can you raise your hand if you're already doing account-based marketing as part of your day job? Yep. Can you raise your hand if you are a business owner and you're thinking about account-based or, or, or business owner That's just educating yourself. Yep. If you are a practicing marketer, as in an existing employed practicing marketer in another field that you're here to learn about account-based marketing because you think it's important. Yep. And if you're a young marketer starting out that's looking to get into the industry and so you're here to educate yourself. Yep. Okay. Can I ask,
3: are there any salespeople here that want to align with marketing? (laughs) See, and that's a really key thing I think sales should be part of something like this as well um, yeah. Oh, Your sales? Brilliant
1: <laughs> Yeah, fabulous So um, Nat, do you want to unpack a little bit some of the different approaches let's talk a little, go, go a little bit deeper and talk about some of the approaches that account-based marketers take and um, yeah, different contexts for when you would use them
3: Yeah, sure. So, um, I follow a framework from ITSMA. I'm not sure if you've heard of them, but they're an organisation that actually coined the term account-based marketing about 20 years ago. So if you Google, Google them, they've got like a handbook on ABM. And Bev Burgess was the one person that actually, she trained me in ABM about five years ago. So I got certified um, when I was looking for certification. AMI I didn't have it at that stage. I'm not yeah. sure if you have it now, but... Um, it's about as good as it gets. Okay. Um, I <laughs> think certification something is like something like we should look at because there's more and more people looking to get certified. So using the ITSMA framework... They have three different approaches, um, and you've probably heard the strategic ABM, which is one-to-one, where you treat one account as a market of one. And then there's one-to-few, and that's just a cluster of accounts that have the similar business imperatives and pain points that you want to target. So that could be anywhere from 10 to 100 accounts in a particular industry. And there's one-to-many, which is 1,000 plus accounts. Um, At SAS, what we focus on is really strategic ABM, And now we're looking to pilot some ABM light approaches to scale because we're at the scaling phase. But um, we've seen value come out from our strategic ABM um, accounts as being an approach that is getting and bringing value back to the business and sales are loving it.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. So it's really easy to remember, one to one, one to few, one to many. And so at its core, adapting the approach and the level of obviously bespokeness, doesn't really exist but a personalisation um, but, but crafting something for each of those buckets to meet them where they're at
3: Yeah, um, it sounds easy when you say it. It is not easy because there's a lot of in-depth customer research that needs to be done, market research, and I think as marketers, a lot of people jump straight into planning campaigns without actually understanding what the customer strategy is. And in fact, I always say our customer should be part of developing our ABM strategy as well. So you've got customer sales and marketing, creating a flight path, so that's a terminology we use, that's a program we use to develop a... It could be a six-month flight path. It could be a 12-month flight path in step with the customer because they're going to tell you what they want and that's what we we look to plan.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Add to that, what I love about account-based marketing is it's the intersection between um, the art and science. It's very much like you need great data to do account-based marketing well and um, I guess to identify the accounts and... We use um, account-based score so to identify and to do more of that programmatic, the one-to-many account-based marketing, and data is so important to identify um, which accounts have the highest propensity to buy, and we have incredibly sophisticated models that determine based on website, based on employee size, you know, which accounts are most likely to buy our product, and then we can um, do retargeting or targeting to them through display advertising, but... Um, yeah, the data underpins so much of that. But then it's also marrying the art of, you know, w-
1: what's what's the next best thing we should be... ..how we should engage with that account. So let's talk data and analytics for a moment. And be, I think this would be an interesting question to ask each of you. What... How you in, in, in employ data and analytics in your account-based marketing on a week-to-week basis?
2: So I think um, the... KPI, when it comes to ABM, is is quite interesting, and it's a lot of the metrics and measurements that marketers, traditional marketers, use don't necessarily work uh, in uh, in ABM. They they're they're flawed, and if you're looking at those numbers, you could very easily your campaigns could could um, could fail. Uh, I think in terms of the data that that you look, um, you've, uh, Andrea, you mentioned that you do account scoring which I'm, I'm guessing it leads to qualified accounts, right? So similar to MQLs, you have uh, MQAs, uh, marketing qualified accounts, to um, some degree. So so you do a lot of account scoring.
4: Yeah, we have account band, so um, A, B, and C. <laughs> um, and then D, E, and F, depending on whether it's a customer that we can sell more to or if it's a prospect that we can newly engage. So um, yeah, that Gotcha,
2: yeah. And, um, and I think the other... The other very important component when it comes to ABM is uh, is the KPI that you work. Now, ITSMA has the three R's, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, which I personally find very hard to measure with uh, ABM. The second tier and the and the lower tier, With strategic, is a little bit easier, but um, but which are reputation, um, uh, this uh, re-relations- relationship relationship is the first one, reputation and revenue. Um, but uh, but those are you know I think those are probably the the predominant uh, KPIs that that are measured in ABM, uh, where in in um, in relationship you're measuring. Uh, have they kind of interacted with you or not? And there are different definitions. Different companies would define them differently, but have they interacted with you or not? And you do that through, hey, have they visited our website? Have they looked at our emails? Is there something that we can show that they have had some sort of interaction with us? Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, Fantastic. Extracting that data from your... EDM, marketing automation tools, CRM, uh, you know your website, all of that all of that data helps to to progress that. Um, and probably the second stage that we see there there's a lot of data being used is from the CRM mm-hmm. where you establish the reputation. How many people from that account have you have you touched um, in in the past? whatever period it is. How many people from your organization have a relationship with someone from there? When was the last time? What is the recency, basically? So that comes in the, in the reputation, and revenue is, is probably the easiest one to, to, um, to, to measure. Yeah, uh, sure. But there are different, different metrics to, different uh, models to look at uh, demand base has one, EngageU has one, you know, it's a, it's a new space and a lot of people mm-hmm. are coming with, with their own models. Yeah. Um, so, um, so yeah, that's some of the KPIs and data, I guess. Thank but, you. Uh, yeah. And
1: when you answer that about um, data and analysis and how you u- use that, it'd be really, I think, interesting to unpack how much of that is um, through your marketing automation and your CRM and how much is the human element of the analysis? Because being a data scientist, you could definitely speak to that.
3: Yeah, so um, that's why I love the research and picking at the data. Um, SAS is a data and analytics company, so I can't escape it anyway. Um, But we have a marketing sciences team um, globally and also here in Asia Pacific that allows us and develops metrics around things like digital footprint, interactions, touch points. So under the three R's, there might be five other metrics that say, you know, um, what executive engagement have you had? Reputations based on community engagement, the increase in percentage of people connecting to your community, and so on. So, the, SAS being an organisation where we have our own marketing um, automation tool, we've got a customer 360 view of all our accounts. We're doing account scoring, and we drink our own champagne. Really, <laughs> we use our software to tell us what our customers look like. So. We're lucky in that sense. And right now, um, all the information that we develop, internal and external data, we're um, working with the marketing sciences team to produce an ABM dashboard. And that dashboard um, is bringing information from our sales dashboards as well, because, of course, we need—we can see movement on whether accounts are... Um, how, how accounts are comparing to other accounts that aren't doing ABM. That's yep. a good indicator to see whether things are working. So... Um,
1: And you see a big difference?
3: We're starting to see a difference, definitely. But when we started the journey, everything was manual Mm -hmm. in an Excel spreadsheet because with strategic ABM, you're not targeting thousands of people, which you can easily get through your your, um, system. You might target the top 50 executives in one account, and so you'll sort of like manually count that you've hit them and Absolutely. stick them in your Excel spreadsheet and then yeah. report the value back like that. I think that. this is so. a really
1: important aspect to cover because especially considering the audience here, not everybody is uh, doing you know, enterprise-level account-based marketing and so really uh, bringing it down to the human element and what does it look like with a spreadsheet is actually really useful for how they could engage a lot of these principles in their day-to-day work.
4: Yeah, I guess for us, it's the challenge is managing the data at two levels, you've got your account score, but then also it's the contact level with um, those key accounts, so we look at something that's account completeness score, because how many contacts do we have that we've engaged with in that account, Um, what's the quality of the data in our CRM, Uh, we also obviously look at, we've got Aliqua that we look at their behavioural data, so how many people have interacted with with, um, our EDMs and our website and all of that, and I guess it's important to keep sight of that and also share that back with sales because they're not necessarily looking at that data at a contact level they're just interested in the roll-up at the account level but it's it's really managing that to those two tiers of account level data and like the account score that I spoke about but then also um, your contact score and um, completeness of the data at a contact level
3: and I think it's exciting when you show the sales people the data and they're like oh wow I didn't know that contact existed and oh great, they're engaging with us. So that's providing value back to the sales organization straight away when you're showing them the data too.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah this, is a, this is a cool story. Um, I attended a, uh, a talk that Natalie was giving, right? Now we all know that us marketers we are we love tools right so uh, so every single time the first question is so what are the tools that you use and uh, and you just mentioned that uh, you know you uh, you've first of all you started with with spreadsheets, but now it's sas uh, sas uh, sas's SAS. SAS, sas sas's own <laughs> uh, yeah so is... Own um, uh, software that is that is doing the building the dashboards and uh, I was I was uh, I was at a talk that Natalie was giving and there was this gentleman sitting in the front and uh, Natalie was was talking about all these awesome things that they're doing and and he goes and like so I just would like to know what is the tool stack that you're using and Natalie goes and gives the same answers that she did right now she's like. Uh, we just build our own tools. And the guy was just like shattered because he was <laughs> waiting for this gold of like, let me just write down what the tools are. He can buy A us. Secret oh. if he wants. Exactly. So um, selling. So that was that was always awesome. But the other point that I'm that, that I would like to make is um, is on on the notion of tools, I think ABM became popular we were talking to, with, with um with someone just, just earlier. Uh, that it got popular about about five six years ago, right? And the reason that it got popular was because of the, the the VC money that got channeled into ABM, where Itzma had it around about fifteen, I think 2004 or something like that was was when they came 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 up with it. Uh, before 2015, where it get popular, there was there were really no tools for for ABM. And still there are a lot of companies who are doing ABM. So, uh, so don't think that ABM is a tool game because, uh, but you are going to hear ABM from a lot of the tools that are out there in the market. So um, just, just be cognizant of that. Yeah,
1: kind of like CRM is more than the tool. It's more than the technology. It's actually the relationship. Yeah, did yeah. you? Want, uh...
4: I work well. We still use spreadsheets for a yeah. lot of our ABM and.
1: Gotta um, love a good spreadsheet.
4: Yeah, I mean my background, you know, was marketing software to marketers, but um, it's what you do with it that counts, and it's understanding what you're trying, what, what that, what problem you're trying to solve. Um, unless you can answer that, the tools aren't necessarily going to help you. So.
1: Yeah. So. Um, we're going to inject a couple of questions from the slider. And the, the one that at the moment has is upvoted the most with all of two votes um, is actually a really, really good question. And it plays into what we were just talking about, how it's not reliant on the tools necessarily. So in ABM, how do you identify the different stakeholders in the customer organisation and communicate to their unique needs and drivers? Anyone?
3: I've, yep. got, I've got an example, and I think I've shared this example with you with a customer um, where we're just targeting the top 50 executives, and um
2: this is one company.
3: This is the one enterprise company we deal with, so it's just the top fifty executives. And when I was telling field marketers, this is like, oh god, that sounds boring. Anyway, so they had um, a specific need around a a specific pain point that we researched. We understood their their language, and um, we we hired some actors to develop a video, a two minute video that was talking to their particular needs, and there's animations, and the actor was, you know, doing the real sales thing. We gave him the script, and um, within 48 hours, we turned around this great video, which was targeting the message of the customer and those executives that we were targeting, because we had profiled and researched what they were needing. We stuck that into a video brochure, really cheap option, direct mail piece. Direct mail is not dead, um, <laughs> and we, we sent those 50 brochures to those executives with that targeted messaging and we got our MD to write a personalised letter. So we, we gave a, a, a script and he we personalised it with the account manager um, for that person again. Again, it was long, hard work, but um, sent it off, the video brochure um, with the logo and everything and we got the re- a response back a week later from the CEO going... Love our partnership. It's a 32-year journey. Um, And about three weeks later, they were presenting to the executives um, because there was specific messaging around this direct mail piece, which was a video brochure, which is so easy to create. And it was targeted, personalised, and just making sure I'm answering the question. Yeah, and we communicated to their unique needs and drivers.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Through a very
3: simple, (laughs) low-budget...
4: Yeah, for us, I guess the example, when I was at responses so marketing, marketing software to marketers, um, a bit, very busy time for our target audience was retail and we wanted to do a campaign in the lead-up to Christmas and every retailer in Australia was flat out trying to build a Christmas campaign. Um, but we wanted to get engagement, so we said, okay, everyone's flat out. We sent out um, direct mail, so a package with caffeine hit, so we sent a keep cup, some coffee, some chocolates, and said, appreciate you guys are really busy right now, but let's connect in in January when things quieten down for you, and the engagement from that, it wasn't, I guess, to a specific company, but a a set of companies, and because it was targeted to their pain points at the right time, it's that, you know, right message, right time, right audience, and um, the the doors that opened off the back of that was
1: phenomenal, just because it was really bespoke to So, an example of your one-to-few strategy. Did you want to add anything to that?
2: Um, uh, yeah, I think the que- the question says identifying different stakeholders in the customer organization. How do you do that? I think the the first thing that you got to understand is. Y- you have to understand your customer. So it's not that ABM comes and tells you how to understand your customer. You need to have done business with those type of organizations so that you know, hey, when we go into a for an RFP or we're just bidding or we're trying to open a conversation, the people who are going to be making decisions are X, Y, and and, and Z. That's the most important thing. Now you got to keep in mind there's going to be multiple people. In, especially in B2B setup, the, the average is, is 5.6 uh, individuals that are going to be responsible for making a decision. In more complex sale, that number could go up to twelve to seventeen individuals responsible for a decision in in B two B in complex sale. So you have to have that knowledge. The business needs to have that knowledge of who you're going to be dealing with, which is which makes it a little bit harder if you're a startup and you just you're just launching a product. So having that understanding beforehand, and if you don't have it, you you go to your existing customers. You let's say let's say the target market are CIOs and CEOs and probably someone, maybe an IT manager that you're, you're targeting. You, what you want to do is you want to go to your existing customers and just say, hey, I want to have a 30-minute chat. Tell me about your problems before dealing with us. Tell, tell us about the situation currently now in order to get the lexicon from your customers, first of all, because it's, it's, it is the most powerful thing that you can use on similar organizations. But that's how I would go about it. First of all, you need to know your customer and who, who are the decision makers The decision-makers, the detractors, and the influencers in the organization that you work with. So people who are going to say no to you, people who are going to say yes to you, um, and and, and know their pain points from your existing customers in order to go and acquire new ones. They most probably are going to have the same problems as as some of the other organizations if you have filtered them properly, Mm. if that makes sense.
3: Can I just add, though, as part of our ABM strategy for enterprise, our, it's a mandate that our account teams have to have an account plan and within an account plan there has to be a stakeholder profile map. So they have to map out all the executives that they want to target and then we go to things like LinkedIn, we use TechTarget as well to try and identify other stakeholders and build the map and then understand it. So it's a mandatory thing to have a stakeholder map for us. In large accounts, yeah. Yeah.
4: I was going to say it's also being scrappy too, like it's working with the business development team to enable them to proactively look on LinkedIn to identify who those key stakeholders are, because it's not always the contacts that are engaging through your EDMs or your website, but enabling them to proactively use the searches on LinkedIn and identify who those stakeholders are.
3: And stakeholders change all the time, so we mandate that they have to update it every three months. Whether they do, it's a difficult question.
1: Yeah, and uh, that's an interesting question because it's really two questions in one, and one is understanding who they are, and then the other is crafting the communication to that. So you can't have the communication without that in-depth knowledge, And on the other hand, you can have the knowledge, but then without the execution, it just sits there dormant. And One of the um, interesting conversations that we had, Andrea, in prepping for this was really uh, the application of three core areas that all mark, that I guess that span the market, the, the traditional discipline of a marketer, the timeless principles involving strategy, creativity, and the data and analysis. And so we've, spoken a fair bit at length about the role of the data and analysis in the ABM side of things and I think we're pretty clear and we will unpack a little bit more about the strategy, but then this is a perfect example of where you can bring your creativity into that as to how you are going to actually go and uh, uh, there's, there's, it's not the tool, it's not the cookie cutter approach. Would you have any comment on that? Like have you ever done any like your example of the coffee and chocolates is using your creativity in that space.
4: Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a fine balance, too, of using that data without creeping people out, too. <laughs> um, they, I guess the account-based marketer on my team has you know, done some campaigns in the past where you kind of stalk them on the internet to find out what, what their preference for wine is and doing a really custom um, DM piece to send out to them, but it can go too far and... A recent piece that I actually received was, um, I received a dozen cupcakes to, to our office um, saying happy anniversary and it was my 12 month anniversary at DocuSign. Um, and then it was a message saying happy, yeah, happy anniversary, see you on LinkedIn at four and I had no idea who these cupcakes came from. Um, <laughs> and and everyone was like, okay, who who is this? Who's your secret admirer? Do you hire them? <laughs> um, but then I you know I received a message on LinkedIn at four o'clock from an agency, and it all became obvious. But I think it, it's balancing that you know personalisation and the you know great, great creative and custom content, but it, it's really a fine
1: balance. It, um, yeah, yeah.
2: Cupcakes. Yeah. We have cupcake stories as well. I know.
1: So, I think let's let's shift let's take a yeah, let's shift out and have a bit of a macro view around ABM in the context of the whole business. And one of the questions here is how did you convince the business that ABM was not just a marketing thing? And I think that's something that most people here are probably going to be interested because they're either a business and want to hear the answer or they're already convinced about ABM and want to convince someone else. So, who wants to um, lead us off on that one?
2: I quickly go. Um, I think the best way to, um, to do that is to get buy-in from immediate manager and then find a salesperson who's willing to work with you and do a very, very small pilot and show results and then and then show the results to the higher management. It's very hard to argue against it if, if you've if you've done it right. That's my two cents.
3: That's exactly how I started out with the pilot, and I didn't market it. I had the salesperson t- selling it to the salespeople, and now we have created um, short videos of our salespeople giving testimonials about ABM. So we don't market it. We get our salespeople to market it for us.
1: Yep. <laughs> and how much? how much so when you when you started did you start with blank canvas and then obviously the knowledge that you gleaned through studying along the way and then did you develop your own methodologies within the organization that became standard practice yeah yeah,
3: yeah I did and then I've used the blended approach of ITSMA because that, that's got a good clear framework but also there's another serious decisions have got a good um, framework too so I use a blended approach and now we have our own SAS framework which is influenced those organisations.
1: So someone coming into the organisation can pick that up and run with it because there's a blueprint there.
3: Yeah and we've got onboarding for ABMers and marketing people upskilling it so Mm -hmm. it's all part of the journey.
1: (laughs) So when so in convincing your organisation or understanding how that might work for your organisation obviously there's going to be that upfront piece about it's not a cookie cutter thing it's about going to be about working out how it's going to suit your organisation as opposed to just a particular set of principles. From.
4: Yeah, I think it's it's a long education process with sales. It's I think having shared targets is a great start to educate the sales team that we're, you know, as marketers we're there to help and build this together and it's in our collective interest. Um, but then also, I think, yeah, finding your advocates within the business and really showcasing
1: the results that they've seen to help get others on board. And in your experience, any of you, how long does adoption of ABM take to see results? The Still going question. on. It's,
3: well, you have your quick wins up front and you show the value, but um, we've got a three-year rolling plan of ABM. So starting with the pilot phase and the build phase, we're at the standardising phase and scaling phase. So it's an ongoing journey and you have to keep re-educating and I don't know, as a marketer, I say you've got to repeat it 12 times before it sticks.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's how long's a piece of string. But I think some quick wins are potentially with the programmatic account-based marketing that we've done. Um, by doing some display ads targeting those A and B accounts, we can show the sales team just who in those accounts has engaged with us, which they are always surprised, you know, nicely surprised to see. But so um, I think that's a good way of showing some quick wins, but also just, yeah, understanding who they're trying to engage with and, and building those common goals.
2: I think it's safe to say, do not make promises of anything under six months. Mm. It, it does take time. Um, very comfortable to say nine months mm. uh, for, for ABM at a um, strategic level and, a, um, and, and one to few level to, to get results, yep. yeah.
1: That's really helpful, really good like kind of like building a digital footprint or content marketing, anyone who promises you that it's gonna take you a month is not realistic. So it's the same very much for account-based marketing. Yeah, so, Shehin, what are some, because you're doing this day in a day as well as an agency, what are some of the biggest misconceptions and fallacies that people come to you, businesses come to you with in their understanding of ABM that you see that you have to correct on a regular basis?
2: I think one of the, um, one of the things that is that ABM is for expansion or working with existing customers. Uh, ABM has... You could probably use it for, for five different objectives and I hopefully remember all five of them now um, and I don't repeat what I did at the beginning. Uh, you, you go through ABM for account expansion, meaning that you have a customer and you wanna increase share of wallet. So how much, how much money they're basically paying you um, and you wanna expand that. You wanna cross sell, upsell, or you want to expand to different buying centers. You wanna get net new accounts uh, you can use it to reduce churn. You can use it to, um, uh, here we go, uh, expansion, uh, net new accounts, reduction in churn, um, uh, pipeline acceleration. So that's another objective that you could, uh, you could use ABM for, so that you've landed the account, you wanna, you wanna push them, if your typical sales cycle is 12 months, nine months, whatever it is, you wanna accelerate that process and you wanna close it so ABM can be used in that process as well. And also for partnership establishment. Those are the five components that you could use it. One of the misconceptions is that, um, I hear quite a lot is that, oh, ABM is just for, for account expansion. Therefore, it's not, even, not, not really even a marketing thing, it's really a sales thing and, um, and or maybe customer success. Mm-hmm. That's one of, the, one of the issues. The other one is not running a pilot. It's a very complex, these are very complex campaigns that you're running. And you know the cupcake example, That it might look simple on the surface that they send a box of cupcakes and they've, they've hit you up on, on LinkedIn. There's a lot of work that goes into that. Uh, a, a lo- that's just tip of the iceberg. So the, the, the concept that we're gonna go and, and we're gonna conquer the world, that's, that's another component. And I think lastly, what is really important is for some of us marketers, we got we to gotta put our ego aside and realize that sales is pivotal in this process and we're really here to, to give superpowers to salespeople. With with ABM, mm. um, yes, there are there are a lot of things that we're involved with, and there are a lot of things that we're going to be doing in terms of you know IP targeted ads and and, and other account targeted ads, some of the collaterals that we create. But, but really, it's like making that sales system and taking it from um, you know a, a a pistol and giving them a bazooka. Really, that's that's yeah. that's, that's that's what it is. And I think sometimes we're very proud as marketers and we're like, that's sales job. I don't want to touch that. Just like sales does that as well. Um, and I think that's that's one of the most important things that we got to put aside Yeah. Um, when we go into ABM.
1: Yeah. So um, how much do you feel is, for a, someone who's, let's say, full-time role would be an account-based marketer, what percentage, uh, and I'm springing this question on you, but what percentage would you f- see as strategy and what percentage tactical
2: I think what is so that's actually another good point that you've raised some companies go and hire and bring somebody and say hey you're going to do account-based marketing that's going to fail because if you if you remember earlier I mentioned account-based marketing needs to be a a organizational wide initiative rather than hey it's the marketing department's job so the organization needs to start. In fact, you start. You're starting to hear the term account-based everything uh, in in the U.S. quite a lot. M- people are moving away from account-based marketing because this has connotation that it's just marketing, right? So. Uh, that's, that's the challenging part that you've got to really understand that it's a company-wide initiative. It touches sales, it touches marketing, it touches customer success, it touches how, how executives work. I mean, Natalie was saying how uh, your executives were, were crafting letters to the account that you were targeting.
3: Yeah, so I call it a business partnership with everyone in the organisation. It's not a marketing discipline. It's a business partnership with sales. So well, I get everyone. I get um, pre-sales education, customer success to be part of the bigger overall program, and every tactic or strategy there is part of it. Yeah. So, it's a business partnership. It's not a marketing thing.
4: Yeah. <laughs> sure. I'd add to that. It's, it's education and enablement as, as equal parts, you know, strategy and execution. So, it's, yeah.
2: Coming back to your question, yeah. I would say it's a 50-50. If you... Do not take into consider. If you do not do the proper research on the accounts that you're going after, if you do have not built the proper ideal customer profile, if your personas are weak, if the if the campaign that the messaging of the campaign that you're going to create is weak, and if it's if the um, if the outreach whatever whatever shape or form you're doing it through multiple different channels is also not finely tuned your campaign is not going to go forward. So it's really important to get, get those strategy component right. So it will be 50%. Also, the accounts that you're targeting are extremely important to pick the right accounts. Mm-hmm. Again, based on your ICP, ideal customer profile persona, very important who you're targeting. So you have to make sure you get that right before you go into engagement, because if, especially if it's, if it's a pilot project that you're running and you haven't done that work, it's going to fail, and guess what, there is going to be no support from the, from the organization uh, to, uh, to further okay, the ABM work. initiative. And,
3: yeah. and all that strategy and tactics has to be done in collaboration with sales. Mm. You can't sit in a siloed spot and develop it. So we have cadence meetings every week with sales.
1: Mm.
4: And I'd go as far to say as it's way higher. It's like 80% strategy, 20% execution because there's so much learning and iteration of each campaign that you execute. It's okay, what did we learn from that? Water? Where do we go from here? So, yeah, can't underestimate the amount of...
1: So, so you added a, a couple of, the... of great words into there is in addition to strategy and tactical was learning, strategy, enablement and tactical. Is that right?
4: Yeah, and iteration, I guess, you know, how do we yep. evolve this for the
1: next, you know, next time we do a campaign? Yeah. Fabulous. So, um, any anything more to say on that? Otherwise, I'll get back to here. Um, from your experience, what revenue? What I guess revenue customer, uh, customer revenue per customer. Sorry, I don't have my glasses. Justifies the extra cost of ABM. I'm not quite sure.
2: Anything under um, anything on the twenty or thirty thousand dollar per account per per customer. I, I would think you would have a very hard time justifying ABM. right? Um, you can start looking at programmatic for some of those, but it's going to be hard to justify those, um, those personalized targeted campaigns for anything under that. In my, in my experience, it might be different.
3: I'm just not sure if I understand the question.
2: How much? How much? How much much does
3: someone
1: going to be needing to spend with you to want putting all of that resourcing into ABM?
3: Okay, so I suppose um, the accounts we're targeting, you know, we're trying to get ten million dollar deals. So the ABM that we're doing ABM
1: on steroids. Yeah, it's (laughs) ABM on
3: steroids. But you know, we're trying to get a ten million dollar deal or build that pipeline. Spending five thousand dollars is not that hard to justify per if account. you're going to per account per account. So, um, and I'm going to reference ITSMA. They've done a benchmark study on what organisations are starting to spend on ABM, and it's 29% of their marketing budget. So for us, that's a lot. I think I get this much of the marketing budget right now, but I've got a business case in there um, to to start investing more in the ABM. Yeah.
1: What I about? think I answered the
3: question. I'm yeah, sure. yeah, maybe yeah. In,
1: in the context of your um, one-to-one yeah, one to one versus one to few, one to many methodology. Obviously, there's going to be different hierarchies. So, uh, to Shahin's point, for you know, not less than twenty, thirty thousand dollars. Where would you see it for each of those categories and ABM?
4: I think it's one of those. If you're targeting enterprise businesses, you can't afford to not be doing ABM because your competitors likely are. Um, but I also think it's a matter of um, looking at the lifetime value of that customer, and not just as a transaction, because you know the cost to retain a customer once you've once you've earned um, the partnership with them is much lower than to acquire a new customer. So if that's a strategic account for you, that you know that account you should be working with, and there's there's business value there, then I think you know however long that takes, you know there's obviously got to be payoff, but. Um, yeah, you, you can't afford not to be in some way doing ABM.
2: Maybe just to put a little bit of context in, that, in this as well, there was a study done, I think it was in 2018, um, the median account spend for strategic ABM, now these are US numbers, and obviously US deals are, are larger than Australian deals, but in strategic ABM, the median spend per account was $59,000 per account. Mm-hmm. That's the amount of money that marketing was spending per account to land it. That's, that's not the deal that they're getting. So they're spending about $60,000 to land the deal uh, per account.
3: And that's quite cheap if you consider it's $20 million revenue. That's median, can... yeah, 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 it's,
2: it's median.
4: And what you have to consider in that is what you're not spending on other accounts that would otherwise be a waste of time. It's not that spray and pray or mm. batch and blast that you're sort of doing a, a non-tailored approach to target a whole range of accounts. It's it's spending your
1: budget more wisely on focused accounts. Exactly, exactly. It's it's like the inversion of this funnel, uh, the, the traditional funnel where you've got thousands coming in and then you're whittling them down It's and, and creating a strategy that creates that flow, it's like starting with the end in mind and creating a whole marketing strategy around that one that you want to land, which from a marketer's perspective is pretty exciting.
2: Don't get me started with inbound. I, I think inbound is it for for, for B2B. Really? Alright, really let's so. spice it up. Yeah, oh. I think
1: so. <laughs> so 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 unpack that controversial comment there, Shaheen.
2: Well inbound you know been very popular for about 15 years Mm. obviously again popularized by vc money especially poured into hubspot yep um there are challenges with inbound one it measures leads yep two it measures one lead crms are, are designed for leads uh we just earlier talked about Average B2B deal is is 5.6 lead, uh, 5.6 person that you need to influence. So when you're looking at it a lead perspective, it's it's so difficult to make a decision. Um, the space is extremely extremely competitive to get your your uh, content shown. Yep. You know if you're putting content out there and you're thinking about whether it's SEO. A lot of the big players spend millions of dollars on SEO. It's very hard to get your, your content out there. And it, on every single piece that you, you, know, you, you really want to become an authority, there is so much material that people can pick that it's, it's very difficult to be, to be heard. So, you know, the, and the other thing is you have a lot of wastage. Yep. You have tremendous amount of wastage in B2B where the, the, the right model is to be super focused. So I think door, those four elements... Just um, inbound yeah. is... is uh... I think that's a
1: topic for a, uh, a future, future event. <laughs> what do you reckon, guys? Um, so turning, turning this uh, big, meaty marketing ship into the harbour so that we can uh, somehow work towards wrapping up and, and landing this thing, um, let's talk about some of the skills in the, in the actual person that you look for of what makes a great ABM marketer. Yeah, I think it's um, it's it,
4: first and foremost the relationships. You know, we've all spoken about getting sales on board. I think you know, great account-based marketer needs to you know find advocates within the business and work with partner with sales and, and forge those relationships. Um, I think you know, the ability to think strategically and understand the customer or the prospect's needs is really important. Um, and also I guess sort of project manage because ABM again isn't that sort of um, one touch, it's it's a multiple you know there's multiple facets to it so it's juggling um, those different competing um, priorities
3: Yeah I'm happy to share a job description that i develops because we are constantly upskilling our marketers to be um, yeah. ABMers but I, I did hear a quote again from um, Viv Burgess that being an ABM is like being a mini CMO, you're um, orchestrating and facilitating a, an organisation or a, you know, a, an account or your customers from um, sales to education, from, to, from acquisition to adoption, Yeah. really the whole customer journey.
1: So for someone who's a great competent generalist marker who's looking to sink their teeth into something where they can really grow, would you say
3: yeah, um, I I think if you've got a good sales approach, if you've yep. experienced sales as well, and you've come from sales, it's it's a great natural um, area to go into as well.
1: Yep, fabulous qualities, Andrea, that you think would make a great ABM marketer.
4: I think also problem solving is another one that's really important. Being able to think creatively, as we spoke about. I know you know, um, being able to. Uh, understand the data is important, but I think being able to just think, um, yeah, put yourself in the customer's shoes and really think outside the box of what a traditional campaign would look like.
1: Yeah. Great. So, um, just last couple of questions. What's your biggest learning so far in your ABM journey?
2: Sorry, as No, I mean, yeah, you guys I'm can go. I'm go. Thinking, don't I'm be I'm
4: creepy. <laughs> It's it's balancing you know just that that level of detail that is um, that you're adding value you know why should this prospect engage with you you know what value do you deliver to them and really putting yourself in their shoes. I think
3: my biggest learning was um, be a bit bold in what how you want to approach your programs and um, I've had a really supportive manager where I took initiatives to him and he was like yeah let's go for it and we we've been successful so. Um, Being bold with sales, yeah. Yeah.
1: That's great.
2: I think on the note of being bold, humor, I think is an amazing tool and it is such a underused um, element of of marketing that we've seen just amazing results from it because guess what, the CIO, also watches netflix is also aware of a lot of pop references um, and they're going to be re- able to relate to a lot of jokes that you crack and one of the things that that we've we've tried to do is we've tried to see how we can inject humor into everything that we do to an extent that um we've uh, i mean alex knows we've we've spoke to comedians um, of, of how can we run a campaign, right? And how can we, how can we inject humor into this? Because when you, when you do that, we've, ha- we've had situations where we had called someone who we targeted. We're not going to say where we got their phone numbers. Um, we've called someone who we targeted, and they have picked up the phone, and they said, oh, my God, did you send that thing to me? Are you kidding me? I really hope this campaign is working so well for you. And you know what? Just for sending that to me, you got 30 seconds. Come on, pitch me what you're going to have. Like, we literally have those recordings. That's awesome. Um, so, I think, I think injecting humor and being bold. Because one of the other things is we... And I, and I was in a, in a workshop today... Uh, for the, this whole week actually and one of the things that you see is in B2B we tend to be very bland. Yeah. We tend to be extremely bland because it's safe. It's because we're dealing maybe with enterprise we're dealing with big organizations and we're very very reserved to be bold and to be really out there and say something that people are like I haven't heard that. But guess what? When you do that, when you are bold you, you people are going to go and say I haven't heard of that. That's going to that's gonna pique my attention. That's gonna that's gonna grab my attention. So I think that's been one of the one of the very rewarding learnings that we've had to 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 be have humor in, in Love what we do.
1: So um, so that we might see be seeing a, a a job advertisement for a CHO at some stage, a chief humor officer at the. <laughs> Absolutely. But in all seriousness, I love that you raised that point because it's absolutely true. And it is a thing. There's a great book by um, Marty Wilson, More, More Funny, More Money. Um, and um, I must lend it to you.
2: I'm going to go check it out.
1: <laughs> but talking about how humour is a fabulous door opener to relationship and trust and ultimately that is a sales relationship. So, you know, all about relationship. So, yes, yeah, so just, um, yeah, final question. And f- I'm sorry, we, if, we, if we didn't get to your question, feel free to approach the panel afterwards. I'm sure they will uh, very gladly um, share their wisdom with you. But for those wanting to, re- just to get started, what is a great piece of advice that you'd like to leave them with?
3: Find a passionate salesperson that you can start the journey with, and then um, build your own credibility by getting certified initially and just understanding the framework.
1: And when you say certified, is there any particular place that you recommend?
3: So, so look, um, ITS may only offer it in the US. They don't. I keep saying to them, bring it down to Asia Pacific. They just don't. It's very US-centric. But serious decisions have online certification. So they've got their methodology. Very similar framework, it's just all terminology that's different, but you'll get the understanding of it. So, um, but maybe AMI, mate?
1: Yeah, (laughs) maybe. (laughs) Andrea, best piece of
4: advice for those looking to start out with ABM? I think really partner with sales. I think that's key for account-based marketing Um, and don't underestimate the value of direct mail. I think it works really well.
2: Yeah, I think the other the and it just really builds on on the point. It's it's learning. It's a new, very new field, and you can become an expert in it by doing one course, because there is not a lot of information out there about it. There are not a lot of people who are aware of what 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 it is. Account based marketing, especially in the Australian market, mm-hmm. and you can very quickly become. Kind of like an expert in that space. Um, just to build on what what Natalie said, uh, in terms of education, there is a great introductory um, course on um, on a platform called CXL.com. If you're interested, drop me a uh, drop me a note. We might be able to give you a discount. I think they're they're a bit expensive. They're like 700 bucks or something. But great platform. Um, I, I know the guy who teaches it as well. He's he's extremely extremely knowledgeable. Um, about ABM so cxl.com check their ABM course um, Demandbase has um, three courses that are two of them are online the third one you got to go to San Francisco so Demandbase great platform to uh, to, to get certified as well and um, uh, serious it's serious decision yeah for sure ITSMA has a book on it um, that is great as well uh, I yeah. think you have some resources that you, yeah, you wanted so, to share as well
3: yeah, oh um Oh, I've just got the benchmark uh, for 2019 on ABM, which I'm, I can share with you to pass on to everyone else because it gives you a really good understanding of ABM, how it's playing in the market and um, how it's providing value back. So happy to share things through Slack. Yeah, we're going to – yeah, so yeah. we
2: are – I mean, we could talk about Slack, but if you oh, go to Slack, growthcoin.org or Slack, we can share it over there. Sure. And uh, yeah, yeah, everybody can get there, access. There's a to lot it. of
3: resources out there, and yeah. you know, self self-learning was the first thing that I had to. I, I got the ABM book for dummies originally. Yeah, there I is mean,
1: one. <laughs> that's the journey of a marketer in our day and age is continually developing oneself, upskilling, finding new opportunities. And if you're a marketer and you're finding it difficult to get traction in your market, in in your career, and you've been listening to guys saying, "Wow, I could." you know, really see myself doing that, then the field in Australia at the moment is absolutely ripe for, you know, people who can excel in this area or even if you're a senior practising marketer and wanting to go for bigger opportunities or bigger jobs and, you know, to to be able to tie your performance to revenue is massive and, I mean, that's the nuts and bolts of what we were looking at today and, obviously, for businesses, this is useful because if you're hiring account-based marketers... You know, you've been able to get a, uh, a snapshot as to what kind of people are really going to help take your own uh, revenue and sales to the next level. And that's why, I mean, this is really meaty marketing stuff, but you can see that behind it is a lot of revenue and a lot of great outcomes. And so it's, it's a fabulous opportunity. So on that note, any last parting final thought to our wonderful crew here tonight? Shaheen. We'll start with Andrea then while Shaheen's thinking.
4: Well, I was going to say find a mentor. I've learned a lot through mentors in my career. Um, Identify someone, even if it's just reaching out on LinkedIn to someone who's already working in account-based marketing, um, I think is a great way to just get an understanding for what it involves.
1: Nat? Oh,
3: my God, I've got so many I can give out. Just just get ABM under under your belt and just learn about it, yeah, I think, because it's... It's getting hotter and hotter in the market and since I put it in my title on LinkedIn, I'm getting lots of calls.
4: (laughs) One other thing I'd add, sorry, you start small. It doesn't have to be, you know, multiple accounts. It can be one. Like, start with one account, which is the most strategic account you want to focus on and, and try, test it, see how it goes.
2: Yeah, start small, absolutely. And even if you want to target 25 accounts, don't make it complicated. Do a handwritten note And send it to the person to to one person who's gonna be a decision maker. It's so easy to completely overwhelm yourself with ABM. It is amazingly simple to do that. So keep it super simple for the first one that you're doing and just build on on top of those learnings. So um,
1: So I have to unpack that because I know all the I know the question that's most of you are asking in your head, which is Shaheen, tell me a few more practical steps like that, that I could employ to get started with ABM? So you talk about handwritten notes, because not everybody here is landing $10 million deals, but they want to start exercising that muscle of ABM. What are some of the things that they could do in the next week or two?
3: Anyone? An example, when I started with one account, we just did a highly targeted executive newsletter um, to that one account and put a Rele- very relevant customer success story in there and the one person that we wanted to target reached out to us. So it was very simple. It was a newsletter. It was highly personalised and targeted and we got what we wanted. That was easy. It cost nothing. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, did it in about a few days.
2: I would say get very clear about your ICP. So sit down. It doesn't have to be complicated. Just say what is the firmographic of the companies that I want to target, right? Firmographic is like demographic for companies. So what is their size? What are their, you know, how many people? Is it revenue important? Is, you know, the kind of technology they use important, which is, which becomes technographic? Um, just maybe five to, to 10 lines about that company, so bullet points. Um, identify who those are and then say, who is the person that is responsible? Who's the most important person, the, the main decision maker that I need to target? And then who are the next two people after, after him or her? Um, have those identified. Take that main decision maker right, and create a sequence. So say, all right, I'm going to send a handwritten letter to this individual, telling her about the problems that we solve, okay? So write that up, put it in the mail, send it through, and then say, I'm gonna make an email after that to say a follow-up on, um, on what I said. One of the things that we do is we get a green envelope, right, and uh, we have our, our, our letter and all that stuff, and we put it in there, we, we add a little bit of flair, um, into the letter, but we send it out. The next email that, that the person gets from us, the title says, the, the ugly green uh, envelope, right? So it, it piques their interest, they know what we're talking about, so they will open it up, but create a sequence. I'm going to send an email next, I'm going to make a call, I'm going to send another two emails and I'm going to make a call. That, that you can just, and do maybe two calls at the end. That could be your sequence that you, uh, you run, and do that for 25 companies. That's, that's the first campaign that I would uh, that I would do.
1: Awesome, awesome. Well, I, on that note, I just want to so thank this wonderful, generous panel. I just want, want to give you... I want you guys to give these guys such a round of applause and thanks because not only did they come and tell you about you know, their life and their work and what they do, they really dug deep and gave you great principles that you can apply to your business, your career, like career shifting, money making, revenue generating, opportunity opening, advice. So thank you so much, guys. You did amazing. Thank you, Nina. Yeah, pleasure. pleasure. It was an honour. And um, you guys did great as well, sitting through that. I mean, it was, we really just geek out on this stuff. So um, it was a Pleasure having you tonight, and Shaheen, or who's closing up tonight? Yeah, Aladdin, thank you. No problem, Uh, so yeah,
4: thank you so much, Nina, for moderating, Um, and thank you guys for sharing your knowledge. I think we got a lot out of it. Um, Even though I work for a company um, that is in ABM, I got a lot from from you two, Natalie and Andrea, so thank you so much. Um, If you guys want to check us out on Slack, if you want to continue the conversation, head over there. Um, We do post a lot of interesting content, um, I think Natalie's going to be sharing some content there, so definitely don't want to miss out on that. So we see you guys next time. One round of applause, please. Thank
0: you. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode. If you enjoyed it, we'd love it if you rate and review it on Apple Podcasts or your platform of choice. And for more B2B growth content, check out our website, growthcolony.org. Looking forward to seeing you in the next episode. Have a great day.